Hey, Nelson Alcoholic Addict. That's not my real name. Nelson H. is my pen name that I use here at LOL Sober. I have written many times about HALT, Hungry, Angry, Lonely, Tired, H-A-L-T, HALT. Uh, I've written a bunch about it and its impact because it certainly had an impact. I, I found it to be a very s- valuable series of things to ask yourself when you're sober, but you feel a little bit off. What is going on with me? Um, so I, that, that's when I think about HALT. And it's not always the answer. It's not just those four things are the, the, the be-all, end-all of any sobriety issues. But I love HALT as a starting point. Um, so I came, I came up with something that I found quite helpful the other day, and I'll call it an autopsy of HALT. Um, in my recent sobriety, by recent I'll say like let's, let's say over the past five years, um, I have found that when I'm a little squirrely, I can often chalk it up to one of those halt components, hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. It's probably, I'd say 30, 40% of the time, there's one of those four things going on that's messing me up. So, so halt is significant in my life these days. But again, it, it's not the answer to all of my problems. Uh, but, but anything that in sobriety or one third of my headaches it's probably worth sitting with and examining. And and so I thought it would be valuable um, to talk about it a little bit today in a little bit of a different way. So I, I decided to break out each of the four letters and see how I stack up. It might be valuable to anybody out there to do a deeper dive on HALT themselves, too. I would encourage it. Uh, I'm going to – well, how I'm going to do it is I'm going to car- carve up HALT. So I said halt affects me about a third of the time when I'm off. It's like some, one of those four things, right? So what I'm going to do is take that third and I'm going to turn it into 100%. So when I'm feeling like when halt is a part of my life, what percentage is hungry? What percentage is angry? Which percentage is lonely and tired? So um, so if I thought uh, my halt issues half of the time were related specifically to angry, I would put that at 50%. Okay, it probably makes no sense. Maybe it'll make sense later. I don't know, but um, here goes. <clears throat> Hungry. Um, this is close to 0% for me. I, I'll put it at 5% now, um, but I, I definitely know how to eat, uh, trust me. Um, it's early in sobriety when I'd be walking around with my fists balled up and my head spinning, and, and part of the solution was that I just need to eat a fucking sandwich or a candy bar, you know? And that doesn't happen very much anymore, especially, uh, you know, listen, if you saw how tight my jeans are fitting these days, you'd definitely realize, like, okay, this guy ain't missing many meals. <laughs> um, but in fact, when I thought about this category of hunger, I thought maybe I have the opposite issue these days. I often, I'll be having a bumpy afternoon and I just like, well, maybe three Kit Kats will help. And uh, I'll give you a little hint. It doesn't really help. It just makes your jeans a little tighter uh, and doesn't really, uh, it's not a spiritual solution. So, so that's hungry, angry. This is a huge problem in my life. I can through resentments to the point where I don't think I ever, I don't think I walk around irate, like boiling hot. I just like rarely ever get to that point. So it's usually pretty reasonable. Um, and I actually think I managed to not quite get to a place where I would even use the word angry. You know, I don't even think I like red faced, like angry. I don't think I get to that place anymore. And I think a lot of people who are long term, I think there's a lot of people with longer sobriety like me who fit this category where they're not angry. They're not irate. They're not fighting people. But the bigger issue is 
annoyance, just being annoyed. You know, that's certainly the case for me. I get annoyed at drivers. I get annoyed at people who don't return their carts at the grocery store. Uh, I get annoyed at my kids. I get annoyed at the line of people in front of me at Target. I get annoyed at the people who don't return their carts at the grocery store. Oh, shit. Maybe I... Maybe I mentioned that one already. <laughs> you can tell it's it still sticks in my craw, as they say. Um, <clears throat> but being annoyed, being annoyed all the time, it's it's just anger, you know, isn't it? It's it's if not, it's just one step away. I'm in the next. I'm in the same neighborhood, but I'm one block over from being angry, and so it's not you know, thoughts and it's still going to be polluted. Like if angry is diet Coke, then annoyed is like Coke zero. <laughs> so I do get annoyed on a regular basis, um, sometimes for no real good reason, you know, and then I'm just annoyed. And that, you know, when I say regular basis, that probably means a few times a day, you know? So if that's five, it's five times a day. I'm pretty annoyed. That's not great. That's not much better than being angry, I think. And <clears throat> I have found that if I stack up enough instances in a day where I'm annoyed, sometimes it's 10, 12, 15, I'm, I'm just angry. There's no, like, there's no parsing words here. I'm just pissed off, you know, if you're annoyed all the time. And like they say, many of us have heard many, many times, if you hang out long enough at the barbershop, you're going to end up with a haircut. And that's what I find with uh, on a percentage scale of how halt affects me. You know, hungry is at 5%. I'd put anger probably at at 50%. So, uh third category lonely. I I let's say if we're using the haltometer right here. That's my invention to measure halt haltometer. I'll put it at 20% for lonely. I'm married with three kids. I have a full-time job and so by the traditional definition of lonely, I don't have any days, really no hours really where there's no one around and I'm just staring at a wall and I can't find anybody to talk to. I don't have that. I get to tons of of 12-step meetings. I talk to at least two, three alcoholics and addicts every day. I have a full-time job. So I, I don't I don't ever feel alone in the traditional sense. You know, I don't have to draw a face on a volleyball <laughs> and talk to Wilson. Uh, I will say though that I can be I can sometimes be pretty good at sitting somehow retreating emotionally out of the scene. You know, I can be at a party. 50 people around, and I'm feeling lonely. You know, it's not uncommon for me to feel a little isolated, even though I spoke with like 50 people that day. So I put that at 20%. Tired. So this is the main reason I wrote about this as a newsletter topic is, is because I've been spending a lot of time thinking about the concept of sleep and reading studies and just hearing people talk about it, doctors talk about it. Um, and I, I've struggled my whole life falling asleep. My brain gets going. I start chewing on things that happened earlier today or things that didn't happen yet but might happen tomorrow, conversations I need to have, conversations I had that I didn't do a good job in. And, and I just used to lay there tortured by my own brain. And then drinking came along. And listen, it was, it was a smaller reason of why I developed into an alcoholic, I think. But like I immediately liked how it helped me slide into just, just – took the edge off, boom, I'm asleep. And of course, like the myth of I'll have a beer or two at night to take the edge off is a, it's a, it's bullshit, right? For a couple of reasons. One is, you know, a beer or two would often be 10 beers for me and it's not one or two and 10 beers is a lot of beer, you know, or shots of vodka or whatever. 
Uh, second reason, I've read quite a few reputable sources over the years that mention how um, getting drunk or buzzed to fall asleep actually leads to bad quality sleep. It's just, you know, you go to sleep easier and you sleep heavy for four hours, but um, it's not good sleep. And I certainly used to find that. I'd wake up at 4 a.m. and either be like, I'd have passed out for four hours and then the booze is worn off at 4 a.m. and I'm thinking about the same shit that would have kept me up anyway and then I can't go back to bed or I feel like feel like I didn't even go to sleep even though I'd been asleep. It was a mess, you know. And fast forward to sobriety and, you know, within a few weeks I realized in sobriety that I I'd built sleeping into this insurmountable reason to keep drinking and this huge fear if I didn't drink. And none of it was really true. I had a bumpy first few weeks learning to sleep again without any kind of mood-altering substance, but it, it ended up being the big bad wolf. You know, it was like not that big of a deal. And believe me, I've heard a lot of people in sobriety where they've just had issues with sleep their whole life, and that's like one of their fears about getting sober. And um, there's a lot of solutions to that. Uh, you know, I kind of just gutted it out, but I, I worked with a doctor to kind of help me with sleep early on. And so I would just encourage people to, uh, if that's keeping you out, you know, there are ways around it and I've certainly had some success with it. So now let me fast forward to the past few years. And I have found that being tired is less of an issue than ever in my life. And it's, it's because I've grown to like sleep is like, is it because I'm old and decaying and my husk of a human body collapses every night, mostly due to for sure, that's part of it. Like, I'm becoming that old guy that's just like <laughs> 11 a.m. is like, what time can I go to bed? <laughs> Definitely, that is happening to a certain extent. But I also think there's a point when you get a little older where you make you make better healthy choices about sleep. And it's because you've matured and that you just, um, you value it. You see the value in it, right? And as a young person running and gunning and like up with kids all night and all that craziness, um, you know, you definitely don't think sleep, sleep's something you just have to do. It's like a mandatory thing. It's not something you view as a health choice. And I certainly in sobriety and before sobriety had all sorts of thoughts about that. Like, who cares? I'll just, I'll sleep later. I'll sleep tomorrow. You know, in sobriety, as recently as a few years ago, I would go to bed at 1030 on a Friday night. And then the next night on Saturday night, I'd watch a UFC and I would stay up till 2 a.m. And then on Sunday, I'd go to midnight, go to bed at midnight, you know, and then on Monday, I'd be tired and I'd go to bed at 10 p.m. You know, I was all over the place. And I don't do that so much anymore. You know, I go to bed at almost the same time, you know, and for sure, again, it's the whole like I'm a 45 year old with a nine year old, 900 year old mummy's body. That certainly causes me to run out of gas and hit the mattress earlier just because my body says it's time. But I also choose to do it more because it seems pretty wise to consistently go to bed earlier and wake up earlier and also to sleep roughly the same, go to bed at the same time every night. Like I don't think I would do, I don't do well if I do like midnight to 8 a.m. one day and then 2 a.m. Like I, I'm not exactly a sleep doctor, obviously, but every study seems to indicate that you should probably try for seven to eight hours and probably at the about the same time every night. Be consistent. So I would put this number at about 25% for me on my halt list. And I do think that number has declined every year for a while. It's, it's significant and worth bringing up here because I can't believe 
how many alcoholics have mentioned to me over the years that sleep is an issue for them. Um, and I absolutely catch myself acting badly some days. And I know that a 30 minute nap is the answer. Uh, or that the problem exists because I just, I decided I have to watch Saturday night football, Sunday night football and Monday night football, and I'll skimp on sleep. <laughs> so, uh, ah, that's, so that's my thoughts on Hull. I think it's, you know, it's probably pretty valuable for everybody to just take a look at like, okay, when this stuff pops up in my life, wh which amount of it is related to being a bad sleeper? Which amount is just, I've been angry a lot lately. Holy crap. Uh, or, or do I just need a sandwich? <laughs> so I did not even add up the percentages. I bet they don't add up to a hundred. So Listen, I'm not, a, I wasn't a math major, so I don't know. Halt plays a part in my life, and then within each, each, each one of those categories also has its own role, uh, and it adds up to something <laughs> close to 100. Thanks for